one of the one of the cool things about the Air Comfort Solutions text line is we welcome you back to the Plank Show. It is a Tuesday edition. We're on location at the Embassy Suites Hotel for today's basketball coaches luncheon in celebration of the Mary Abbott Children's House and all the incredible work that they do to protect our children. Um, and I'll talk more about it later on and obviously tomorrow on the show too. But one of the great things about the Air Comfort Solutions text line is that every show shares it. There's not a different line. Uh, I mean, if if we're breaking down the fourth wall, if, I mean, I don't even have access to it. But essentially, Josh, we have like a like an iPhone negative three in the studio, right? That basically all the text messages roll through on, right? <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Okay. Now is. I just want to bring that real quick because we got the Firehouse Subs top five stories of the day, and I don't want to get too caught up in this. But was this Arkansas fan yelling at us? I think mostly or, Teddy and Tyler is what I can gather. Okay. We rode back to the station on a giraffe backwards. What does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything sensible. This uh, this Arkansas fans really hurt over one loss, dude. Get over it. Your team's still good. It's all it's all well, gravy. Didn't you already troll Arkansas fans with your uh, tweet from Mike Woods a couple months ago? Weren't they already kind of triggered about that? <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, they they were not pleased. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, and hey, we love you know our what? Arkansas listeners. Thank you for listening. Clearly, you're what? a big supporter of the programming. Here's the thing, to be honest with you, um, Josh, the, it's a big win for Oklahoma. I mean, that's just the reality of it. I mean, you might say, oh, you're talking about and celebrating it. Yes, yes, that's a big deal for Porter Moser and this team. I don't know about you, but I would much rather a an opponent be happy about beating my team and celebrating it than throwing mud all over it and act, acting like it doesn't matter, right? I mean, you get to do that with the Chiefs over the Raiders because it didn't matter. But it, I would much rather you say, gosh, man, what a, what an effort, what a game, what an atmosphere, what a, what a performance. Why isn't that something that, I don't know, you would celebrate more as a fan? We did no? just get the still love your program, though, Tex, so we're all good. <laughs> we've, we've made nice. Everybody's happy. Oh, um, all right. Let's uh, let's get after the Firehouse Subs top five stories today. It's time for the Firehouse Subs top five stories of the day. The Firehouse Sub top five. All right. Firehouse Subs is located on 12th Avenue Southeast between Alameda and Boyd inside the Crimson Creek Center. Swing by for lunch today. You can have it uh, for lunch, dinner, carry out. You name it, uh, they've got you covered, including, you know, we we are big fans here of the, I guess you could say kind of the traditional feel at Firehouse Subs, and that is our classic hook and ladder sub, which is smoked turkey breast, Virginia honey ham, and Melton Monterey Jack served fully involved. Try it for lunch today, Firehouse Subs. All right, let's roll. Big story number five. Number five. I don't know where to start from Mike Gundy's press conference yesterday. Um, he, he didn't really spend too much time getting – it was great, by the way. It looked like he just got done with a workout. But he didn't spend too much time on the report from Florida. Though I, I find it interesting 
he, he continues to double down on not having an agent. So this must be a recent thing then because Mike had an agent for the longest time. So to me, I think every coach has an agent, whether or not they give them a percentage and they move past it, but somebody is helping them out with their contract conversations. But Mike Gundy said that there wasn't much to it, and then he was asked about Jim Knowles and the decision of Jim Knowles to go to Ohio State and take over as their defensive coordinator. Here's what Coach Gundy said. We got outbid. I mean, if that's what you're asking me, we tried hard. Um, I mean, I don't want to get into the personal situation with Jim. I mean, if Jim wants to talk about it all, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think he became one of the top two or three highest-paid coordinators in the country. I don't know for sure because I wasn't involved in the agent concept. But we got, I mean, you would have to ask Jim. I had a really good conversation with Jim. Jim and I have a really good relationship. Um, And he's very appreciative and humble for uh, what we were able to accomplish here. And he knows he got this opportunity because of us. He he, he knows that. And the team, he told me that. He goes, this defense put me in this position. So he's very humble and he's appreciative of that. But. We, we gave him the highest – we offered him the highest package that anybody's ever had around here, and we got outbid considerably. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be – that's got to be frustrating because as as a head coach, you feel like you've got a guy, right? You're like, man, we got this guy, and he fits so well with everything that you do. And then the bidding process comes, and you're like, we're going to make you the highest paid assistant ever at Oklahoma State. Pretty cool, awful, right? And then all of a sudden, the money comes back from Ohio State. It's like, oh, well, we really appreciate your time here, Jim Knowles. Good luck at Columbus with Ohio State. Right. That's amazing. Enjoy your time. You know what my first thought was when I heard that clip yesterday? (laughs) What was that? Not surprised by it. I mean, we, we knew that these are some of the challenges that exist at Oklahoma State compared to an Ohio State. They're not going to win a bidding war versus the Ohio State Buckeyes. But it occurred to me that's the sign of the times, and there's more of that to come than less of that to come as it pertains to the Big 12 going forward minus Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, some of these schools in this conference – all of the schools in the conference, the, the way the, the new Big 12, what it's going to look like, you're going to have to be bargain shopping. And to have sustained success, you're going to be replacing guys probably pretty frequently if they're doing a good job. Sure, Because Absolutely. you're just not going to be in the business of matching, matching salaries for the most part. You're not going to be playing from the same money pool. No, not at all. Um, and by the way, here was the exact quote when asked about Florida. I think the uh, Tulsa World beat writer asked him, he said, one thing, I never answered a Twitter. Two, I'm unaware of any email. And three, I don't have an agent. When asked if he knows Bonick, he said, quote, he's in our circle. A lot of people know him. So that was the response to the Florida emails. All right, uh, let's roll on. Uh, enough on Mike Gundy. He did have a funny line about how he thought Kale Gundy should coach special teams and uh, Jerry Schmidt should coach kickers, which, by the way, I'd have no problem with that because Schmidt's kid's a, hell, a heck of a kicker. His daughter is a heck of a kicker. All right, big story number four. Number four. It came down to a late rally for one Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals that was allowed because of this. Raider steps into it, just kicks it straight ahead. And the Rams jump on it, but they didn't get possession. The ball's free, 
They haven't ruled who has it yet. The Cardinals say they do. The Rams say that they have it as we speak with the ball at the 47-yard line of Arizona. It's Cardinal ball. Cardinals have it. (laughs) No way. That was pretty wild onside kick recovery. Uh, But unfortunately for the Cardinals, they couldn't do anything with it to potentially tie the game. Kyler takes the snap, retreats, pressure arriving. He's hit. He's not sacked. He gets out of it, still on his feet, and now he goes down. Aaron Donald covers up Kyler at the 25 and waves to the crowd as time expires on Monday Night Football. The Rams win it 30-23. to Not bad, right? Not bad, Josh Helmer. I thought it was a good game. I thought it was a fun game. I was fighting, staying awake, and then that onside kick happened. You're like, ooh, okay. All right, you've got my attention now. But afterwards, as you might imagine, Kyler was uh, not happy. I don't think they realized that they had a potential opportunity to spike it there, or maybe he thought he'd try to do the fake spike. Regardless, a couple big fourth-down stops hurt the Cardinals throughout the game, right, Cliff? I like our chances, you know, fourth and two. We check analytics. We do all those things. I like the way that we were going. I, I like the call. Um, just didn't work out. Got to give them credit, so I would do it. 100 times out of 100 times in that situation. There you go. Fun game. I know you didn't get to watch it as diehard as I was glued in, um, but but I thought it was one of those games that from start to finish had you uh, had you glued. And now all of a sudden you look up at what the NFC playoff picture looks like, and with that Arizona loss, uh, Green Bay, they're their one seed yeah. as of today. Green Bay 1, Tampa Bay 2, Arizona 3. They're, they all have 10-3 and three records, but – Green Bay wins the tiebreak over both Arizona and Tampa Bay because why? Well, they've got the best record in uh, NFC conference games. All right, let's hit big story number three. Number three. All right, so could we have our first NFL game that is in peril? An unusually high number of positive COVID tests on Monday has the NFL and NFLPA considering some changes to the coronavirus protocols. Adam Schefter said the league had 37 positive tests on Monday. Now, the numbers tend to be higher on Monday because that's when teams test their vaccinated players and personnel. But to basically put that number into perspective, the league only had 72 positive tests in a two-week stretch from November 14th to November 27th. One source told ESPN that Monday's positives included one case of the Omicron variant with with the Washington football team and at least five teams. The Falcons, Lions, Vikings, Bears, and Washington have entered the league's enhanced COVID-19 protocols. Also, by the way, just and I mentioned a game potentially in peril, just this morning the Cleveland Browns have entered the enhanced COVID-19 protocols protocols so yeah not good and the browns play on saturday by the way i think listen i think we've we've i hope that we've moved past the point where there is any concerns about moving a game or rescheduling a game but just something to keep an eye on for saturday's game between the raiders and the browns because cleveland has gone virtual in all of its meetings today um speaking of the nfl it's not okay if I mean, the NBA's got some COVID issues. The Bulls have had to cancel, uh, postpone their next two games. I mean, I don't know if there's a 
affixed to this. Yeah, and by the way, Ralph, good point. Zayvon Collins was the one that covered, recovered the onside kick for Arizona. A, a Tulsa Golden Hurricane first-round pick. But, Josh, I um, I don't know what to make of this this increased number of positive tests and how it's affected the NBA and what effect it might have in the in the NFL. I mean, it, obviously, if you're a Chicago Bull right now, you know, two games postponed, the Chicago Health Department is all in on it, bad stuff. But your hope is that we're able to continue to move forward with these enhanced protocols without any other disruptions or interruptions. Especially, you know, as far as the NFL is concerned, every game's important in the 17-game schedule. But, man, we're in the second week of December here. I mean, these right. games are really, really Big time important. important. So, yeah. I mean, you're trying to decide if you're getting into the playoffs or what seating's going to look like and how maybe that could impact things. You know, I think about the Kansas City Chiefs season and Aaron Rodgers, I mean – Oh, I mean, that, that COVID test that he failed. Might have changed their season. It totally changed the complexion <laughs> of Kansas City's season. So do we have that in store somewhere in the National Football League? Could there be a big name involved? Interesting. We'll see. Hey, speaking of that, big names, there is a, there is an update to Lamar Jackson's injury situation, according to John Harbaugh. Lamar has an ankle sprain. Uh, it's not a high ankle sprain which is uh, good news, and uh, we'll just have to see what it is from there and uh, how he feels this week going forward and what it looks like. And the plan is for him to play? Well, we're going to see where we're at, you know, with the situation. The plans are right now for, you know, my mind for Lamar to be out there. So we'll see where it goes this week, and if he if he can go a go. If not, Tyler will be the quarterback. So that's where we're at. So week 15, you think about the schedule. You've got the Chiefs and the Chargers in L.A. on Thursday night. You've got two Saturday games, which have, I mean, if you think about the Browns fighting for their playoff lives, the Raiders on life support, New England and Indy going out, I mean, you've got massive playoff implications in these two Saturday games. And then thinking about Baltimore, they're still very much fighting for their playoff lives. And, boy, it's going to be tough if they have to go after it this weekend without Lamar Jackson. I mean, I can't even, I can't even fathom trying to play a game without Lamar. And I like what Hunley's looked like, and I think he's played pretty well. But, yeah, I I don't know, man. That would be concerning to me to have to go after it without Lamar Jackson whenever you're fighting for your playoff lives right now. Well, and in terms of quarterbacks and they got in the Green NFL Bay that weekend, yeah. could be dealing with a sprained ankle, oh. I mean, Lamar Jackson's right at the top of the list. Uh, his Numero game is predicated uno. on moving around, using his feet. So you have to walk – that tightrope and balance this thing here to where it, it might be worth not playing him for one more week. You might have to gamble that a little bit and say, can we find a way into the win column here? It didn't look good though, uh, you, you know, versus the Browns. Right. So, yep, absolutely. All right, um, moving on. Big story number two. Number two talked about too terribly much. Big story number two, gentlemen. We have, I think, a transfer that we're all on board with. Austin Stogner and Spencer Rattler are headed to South Carolina to play with Shane Beamer. Now, coming up in exactly an hour from now, one hour from now, Heath Klein will join us, 107.5, the game in Columbia. 
He covers South Carolina. I hope, I think I'm going to get an opportunity to talk to him. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I don't know when we start for this event, so we'll see. But I, I will add that it seemed to be almost universally embraced on Twitter, right? They go to South Carolina. They play with a guy that we're all very familiar with and Shane Beamer. South Carolina needs a quarterback. It's a, a team that I think we all kind of, in a, in a roundabout way, root for as it pertains to Shane Beamer being there. And while it doesn't appear as if Oklahoma is headed to the SEC yet in 2022, there is this feeling that, hey, at the worst, you know, we can root from afar and you don't have to worry about battling against either one of these guys, right? So there's the positives. It's great to see Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner wind up in a situation with a head coach that everybody in this fan base likes. Shane Beamer is a really, really easy guy to like. He's personable. He's obviously incredibly smart. X's and O's, all of that sort of stuff. He's great at what he does. But beyond that, you're not going to find many head coaches that just interact the way that Shane Beamer really just kind of interacts with people. And I'm not just talking about media types like Plank and myself or whoever else. The the fan base. I mean, he's an easy guy to root for. And I think that the Oklahoma fan base wants to yeah. see Stogner and Rattler find success. You know, Rattler, of course, is coming off of a season where it was topsy-turvy. The fan base booed him in a home game. And I think that there's – there's a, a portion of this fan base that's embarrassed by that and wants to see a happy ending to that story for Spencer Rattler. Beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, Josh. I was just – I'm, I'm going to be good to hang out with you. I'm not going to leave you uh, hanging at 11.15, Josh. So, no, that's great to hear. <laughs> great Sorry. To hear. I just – I was getting my run of show, which is very impressive. All right, um, which gets us now to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, big story number one. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going all in on the countdown to signing day tomorrow and the Alamo Bowl. The Alamo Bowl is still being played. Are you excited? Let's go. Alamo Bowl coverage and recruiting talk. By the way, not not a bad little amount of buzz building on this. Oklahoma Sooner recruiting class, Josh. Not a bad little amount of buzz. Things looking up. A lot of positivity. We'll tell you what we know next right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. We are live from the Basketball Coaches Luncheon in support of the Abbott House right here on the home of Sooner fans. Hi, welcome back into the Plank Show. We are live from the Mary Abbott House Coaches Luncheon. So I get the opportunity to sit in for T-Row today. And we're going to talk with Keith Klein, who covers South Carolina coming up in hour number three. He's slated to join us at 11.15 this morning. And then, Josh, we're going to meet the new sophomore football coach at the bottom of the hour, right? Coming up next, Jake Monden, new South Moorhead football coach, who I am researching and learning about as we speak, a 1999 graduate of Noble High School. 
Huh. How about that? So does that mean Kersey claims everything now that will happen for for Southmore Big as a Noble fan. alum? All right, babe, so before we get to coach, let's hear from a coach as we bring you our Alamo Bowl coverage presented by Windstone Construction, Norman Reader's choice for best home builder, Windstone Construction. So we've got a show with Coach coming up, Coach Bob Stoops coming up tonight. We'll be on location at the uh, Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, but that's not the only show that you get with Coach Stoops. He sits down tonight to preview the Alamo Bowl on Valley Sports Southwest and on Valley Sports Oklahoma. He and Chad had an in-depth preview on what to expect on December 29th. That was great. The guys came out. We had a good practice, had a lot of energy going on there at the end of the game uh, practice. Uh, And the guys have seen me around a lot through the last many years. I've come by practice a couple, three times a week and been around the coaches, been around the players. So they are familiar with me. It was fun to be out there with them. Uh, they worked hard. Uh, we've got a little time off here with finals, and then we'll practice again towards the end of the week. But it was a good start, and uh, it was fun to be out there with them. And you know what I find interesting, too, Josh? I was uh, You'll hear that full interview tonight uh, on Valley Sports Southwest and Valley Sports Oklahoma. And then we'll be talking with Coach from 7 to 8 with Teddy and myself at Rudy's, and I believe that's going to be on the Sooner Radio Network as well. But, you know, I just – every I, I can't say it enough. It's incredible to think that this guy was inducted into the Hall of Fame. The College Football Hall of Fame induction was Tuesday night. On Thursday, he's breaking down a huddle with his team that he's coaching. By, by the weekend, he's out doing whatever he can to help this staff recruit. I mean – Listen, I'm by no means um, saying that I'm shocked that Bob Stoops would do it. I'm just saying he didn't have to. He could have easily said, man, my golf game's rolling. Got some beautiful weather right now. Um, You know, I appreciate this program and everything it's done for me and my family. But, listen, I'm golfing, man. I'm, I'm out enjoying life. And what did he do? He did the exact opposite. He recommitted himself. He's out recruiting. He's out with this, I mean, dude, I, I think we all need to stop for a moment and just truly appreciate how incredible it is the commitment that Bob Stoops has remade to this program over the last week, couple of weeks. Well, Oklahoma right now sits number 12 nationally, according to the 247 Sports Recruiting Rankings. That's second in uh, the Big 12. And listen, I mean, this, this had the chance to be a disaster recruiting class sure. for Oklahoma. And – Bob Stoops is a big part of why it didn't fall apart. Absolutely he is. And that tale will will get written as we go forward. It, it's been chronicled a little bit, talked about already. But once we start hearing from all of these different players over the years to come, I think that's when it's really going to sink in. What Bob Stoops has done here, the loyalty he has to the University of Oklahoma, it's just it's storybook. Storybook. I was writing, I was finishing my Boyd Street piece last night on nine crazy days in November. And when I wrapped it up and Josh and I were talking about that moment, you know, it's a, it's a 2300 word piece, right? And I mean, you could write 10,000 words on it, but that's a lot. That's a lot for me as not necessarily an accomplished writer. I got great, I got a great editor. I got great editors, period. But you get done with that and you're like, 
did I truly capsulize it like I needed to? Did I truly encapsulate everything? And I realized, you know what? All you need to do is point out what Bob Stoops did for this program over those nine days to truly understand that you caught the whole theme of what that week was about. All right, quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to meet the new head football coach of the Southmore Sabercats. Later on in the program, we're heading to Columbia, South Carolina to get the buzz on some former Sooners in a new place. It's all coming up on an action-packed edition of the Plank Show on location at the Basketball Coaches Luncheon to promote, to celebrate, and to raise money for the Abbott House. It's the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hi, right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Wrap with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. As always, the show is rolling on Twitter at Josh on Ref. That's Josh. I'm at Plank Show, and everyone should be following us at Sports Talk 1400. Go download the Sports Talk 1400 app today at 947 The Ref and at Buzz Tulsa. We're joined right now by the new head football coach at Southmore, Jake Monden. Joins us on the air on the law offices of Rod Polson, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. Coach, first and foremost, congratulations. I guess in a lot of ways we're saying welcome home here as well, too. What kind of stood out about Southmore and made you want to come to the Moore area and coach the Sabercats? Man, you know, obviously it's just an opportunity for me and my family to, to come back in the area. You know, we've been gone since 2005, and, and uh, you know, I kind of got in late on this process, and, and uh, you know, just met with the administrative team there at Southmore High School, and and I just couldn't be more impressed with the alignment and just just the ability and and, and just the fact that that this place could be really really great and and, and we're going to make it great. So uh, just just an exciting time for us and, and just the commitment by the uh, the town and, and the school district and just everybody involved. You know, Coach, it's interesting because for the longest time. The problem was losing good coaches. <laughs> like, I go back all the way to Rick Jones when he was a broken arrow, but names like Jay Wilkinson, where you lose him from Oklahoma to Arkansas, and I know a lot of that might just be trying to get a job. It's awesome to see a coach that comes from Arkansas back home to Oklahoma. What? It just You mentioned getting in late in the process, but was there something specific about Southmore that said, this is the job that I want, this is the job that's going to get me back to Oklahoma? You know, this program really reminds me of, of, of like Bryan High School here in the state of Arkansas or, or Bentonville High School. Uh, just, just with the ability, with, with the facilities, obviously, the commitment of, of, of the community. Um, and, and, you know, obviously, you know, you just look at it and usually the leadership right now in place, uh, you know, from, from an administrative standpoint to, to the, the, the area itself and, and just how well it's thriving right now and, 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 there's just so many things that check so many boxes that, that, that when you look at the situation there at Southmore High School, uh, you know, if the right guy comes in there, and, and, and that being me right now, uh, you know, we can make this thing go and, and, and uh, yeah, turn this thing into something to be very proud of. Mineral Springs High School, where you served as defensive coordinator, and then obviously most recently at Camden Fairview High School, where you were the head coach out in Arkansas. What is Arkansas high school football like? Is it much different from Oklahoma high school football? What did you learn in your time in the state and state of Arkansas? Man, you know, first and foremost, the, the, the kids in this state are just really well committed, and, and, and uh, you know, this is what they have. You know, this is a very rural state, obviously, 
and uh, you know the, the the fact that you can compete in athletics and and, and go into uh, each season and, and have it in a different group. But you know you, you look at the, the 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 ability of coaches in the state and just how the, the game has evolved in the state and how much better it's gotten. You know, you talked about guys like Rick Jones and and uh, Bill Blankenship that came over here. Uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of uh, good coaching going on, man, and and. And I promise it's it's a deal where you got to have your team prepared every every single week out here, and and uh, you know then you look at and comparing it to Oklahoma, you know uh, there's there's a long story tradition in the state of Oklahoma with 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 football and athletics in general, and and uh, you know I can't wait to to start breaking film down and, and looking at guys we're going to compete against, and, and that's that's the fun side of the game for me. So uh, you know it's it's there's a, there's a lot of challenge there, and and, and, and you know it's going to be a good deal. Coach Jake Mondin is our guest, new head football coach of the Southmore Sabercats. Coach, tell me about your style. Um, obviously, you've coached just about every position and at every level. What's kind of your ideal football team? What's your mindset when it comes to the offense and defense you want to employ? You know, obviously, offensively, you've got to look at the personnel you have first and foremost. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been a spread guy. And, and very multiple on that side of the ball, you know, uh, since I've been here at Camden Fairview. And then and while I was at El Dorado, uh, you know, we won a state championship down there, and we were very multiple as well. And, and uh, you know, the biggest thing is just just, just being efficient with the football and, and putting in space and, and just being intelligent with it and, and putting your kids in good situations. And the way the, the game has evolved so much with the RPOs and, and just uh, the, the, the difference in run schemes and, and stuff like that, we're going we're gonna to put our kids at Southmore in, in – the best situation possible to compete every Friday night. And then when you flip that over on the defensive side of the ball and, 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 uh, you know, I've cut my teeth really on, on, on defense here in the state of Arkansas and kind of made a name for myself. Uh, you know, we're going to be very sound, very, very intelligent, uh, uh, multiple, obviously again. And, and, you know, we're going to be a team that makes you earn it number one and, and, and be tough to score on and, and, uh, pick our spots, you know, as a defensive coordinator, you know, at Mineral Springs, I think we had 140 takeaways in three years. And at El Dorado, wow. in the three years I was there, we had over 100 takeaways in three years. So we're going to be an opportunistic defense, but, you know, we're going to be very sound and, and, and uh, get after people. Talking with new Southmore head football coach Jake Mondin in the house with us this morning. Coach, what take me through what's the order of business here for you? At Southmore, what what do you need to get accomplished in the next couple of months? If you had to ABC it, what uh, what's the order of business for you immediately here? I think the biggest thing coming in there, you know, I just you know kind of got to get a feel for the day and, and how things work there at Southmore, and and then that way we can kind of employ our our program and employ uh, you know what we're trying to accomplish there, and then then obviously uh, you know getting people excited getting the kids excited about competing in this game and, and that that's that's definitely uh built in the off season uh, uh through summer pride and, and and things and putting the weight room culture in and and uh you know we're going to compete at everything we do you know and then then obviously you know we get to the summertime uh, i think it's going to be a big deal for us to, to 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 have our kids ready to play and have them pointed out and explosive at the right time of year and and, and have those kids confident and prepared so uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of things going on, man, and, and, and uh, uh, it's, it's going to be a, uh, definitely a fun opportunity for us and, and, and getting going with that stuff. Hey, Coach, from your perspective, you talked about kind of getting the feel and understanding the day. We've obviously followed coaching searches before, but 
coaches and players a lot of times can be routine oriented. You know, how challenging is it whenever there's certain parts of being routine oriented that you can't control, right? If it's a class schedule or something of that nature, or now some of the restrictions that might be out there for how much time you get with the players. How different is what you had as far as player availability in Arkansas to what you're going to get in Oklahoma? Is it all pretty similar from just the time you get with them? Yeah, I think so. It just goes back to, to, to what district you're in. Um, right. I think there's a big commitment right now in, in, in more public schools to, to to compete at everything they do, you know, and in, in all activities. So I think there's ample amount of time there, you know. And then obviously every place that you go and every every program you're a part of, you know, you have challenges and, and you have things that, that they've got to get better. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's it's a constant improvement game. And, and uh, I think that, you know, with, with what's in place right now and, and, and getting kids excited about, about this game and building those relationships and developing that culture, uh, this could be an outstanding situation, and, and it could be a fun year for us in 2022. What about your staff, Coach? Uh, do you have any idea what it might look like? Is that – I mean, I'd imagine that's, again, one of the first items that you address when you take over a head coaching job somewhere else. Yeah, you know, I've got a, I've got a lot of contacts today, just been in contact with the, with the current coaches on staff. And, and I think the biggest thing is getting in there and, and learning these guys and, and find out what makes them tick as well. And, 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 and you know, the best, the best coach is a motivated coach, obviously. And, and uh, you know, just looking at it right now and talking to some of these guys throughout the course of the day, um, I think there's some really good people there. There's some really good guys there, and, and uh, you know, it's it's the the thing is 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 what we're going to have to do to get these kids to play hard for us, you know, and 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 get us to work together as a staff as a cohesive unit. So there's some things that are going to be put in place, and and, and uh, obviously some some team building and in, in, even in the staff that uh, uh, you know obviously will be put in place. And then on the other side of things too, you know. It, just looking at opportunity for, for, for coaches to come in there and, and looking for the best possible people we can find to, to, to come in there and be with our kids and, and help us, you know, achieve a goal. So, uh, you know, there's there's some good guys there, man, and, and, and I can't wait to, to, to meet with them and, and, and really sit down and dig into them a little bit and just kind of find out who they are. Well, listen, Coach, we're pumped to have you uh, in our uh, town, in our, in our community, in our state. Congratulations. Always cool to have a native Oklahoman back, and I can't wait to watch what you're going to do at Southmore. Good luck. Can't wait to get you in town. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. That is Jake Mondin, new head football coach at Southmore. And I think without what? One of the biggest vacancies – Maybe one of the only vacancies in college or high school football is filled in our area. We don't expect – I mean, listen, the high school football coaching, the silly season for high school football doesn't really have an end or a start to it. It's not as if these dudes have to be in by a signing day. But it seems like everything's staying pretty stable for right now. Congratulations to Jake Mondin. All right, quick break. Of course, you know, we all know that there's only one coaching job that really matters, right? There's only one that is really of the utmost important, and that's what's going on with my Washington Warriors. And we are set. We are set, Josh Helmer, at the quarterback or at the uh, coaching position for years to come. All right, quick break. When we come back, let's um, kind of check the headlines. I think there's a few things recruiting-wise we need to be keeping an eye on with the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. 
I'm going through the quarterbacks in the transfer portal as we welcome you back into the Plank Show. Speaking of the portal, Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner on their way to South Carolina. Coming up in our third hour, we're going to go in-depth on what that means for Shane Beamer with Heath Klein from South Car- Columbia, South Carolina. The game, I think 107.5 the game in South Carolina. But I'm going through some of these quarterbacks in the portal. There's some impressive names. And there might be more there. I I was reading up on Bo Nix. Bo Nix is Bo Nix needs to find the right fit. I don't know who's in on the who's in the mix for him, but you know, to me, if he can stay healthy, he's a good quarterback. But I think he needs to go to an RPO place. I don't think he needs to go to anyone that is 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 counting on him to throw forty passes a game. But whenever I was reading on Bo Nix, Josh. There's a chance that not only Bo Nix, but also their freshman backup, Demetrius Davis, could transfer as well. If he transfers, the Tigers would be down to T.J. Finley and Holden Gurner, an incoming freshman, as their quarterbacks. LSU currently has two quarterbacks in the portal. Miles Brennan. Many think that Brennan is on his way to Nebraska. And... Apparently, they got him in for an official visit before the dead period. But, you know, Brendan is a guy that, I mean, he couldn't he could win the job over Max Johnson at LSU last year. And, and I know that there was some injuries that caused him to miss the last 19 games, but you're talking about, bro, do you know how long Miles Brennan was at LSU? Feels he was like at it's LSU been a He's been at LSU for five years. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that sounds right. Do you know how many games he started in five years? Three. He started three games in five years. Now, I like his talent, but if I'm Scott Frost, man, I'm and my job's on the line this year, I'm all in on a Keaton Slovis or a Dylan Gabriel. The problem with both of those guys is that they've been injured constantly. Do you see the Adrian Martinez buzz is building towards him at Kansas State? Y- yes, that's been a not-so-well-kept secret from Wildcats fans for quite some time. Who's the uh, offensive coordinator that Kansas State announced? They just hired a new offensive coordinator. Um, in fact, I don't have his name here in front of me. I was kind of surprised that they made the move, to be honest with you. But because uh, they moved on from Messingham, right? They let Courtney Messingham go. But maybe they have, have they even hired one yet? I don't know if they've hired one yet, Josh. So maybe that's kind of a concern at Kansas State right now because they haven't named an offensive coordinator. Look, ladies and gentlemen, Tyler McComas is here. I would not have. You could have emceed this. I could have been in studio right now. But, you know, they've got a lot of names that they're looking at, Josh, but I don't think they've named anyone officially yet at Kansas State. Colin Klein keeps coming up, right? He um, he gets to call the plays in the bowl game as a possibility for Kansas State. A little audition. Maybe. We know how that worked out for Lincoln Riley at Texas Tech in the bowl game. So he's got an audition coming up. Some have thought that maybe Wyoming offensive play caller Tim Pulisek could be an option. 
He worked with Kleiman at North Dakota State. Matt Wells is still out there, though I think Matt can sit and chill for a while with the buyout that he has from Texas Tech. But, I mean, Adrian Martinez would be a heck of a fit at Kansas State. How about Michael Penix? Do you know where he took an official visit this weekend to before the dead period started? I do not. Where to? UCF. He went to visit UCF. And apparently he's going to visit Washington as well, too. So the portal's hopping, not just in Spencer Rattler on his way to South Carolina today, but in several names. And then don't forget Max Johnson. There are some that think that Max Johnson is jumping, what, what is it, out of the out of the heat and into the fryer pan? Is that kind of the analogy that's used? Because apparently the LSU transfer, son of Brad Johnson, is looking at Texas A&M as a possible landing spot. And then, I, you know who I dig? If we're going to dig into a transfer portal conversation, I'm intrigued by Cameron Ward out of Incarnate Word. 6'3", 220-pound uh, quarterback, big-time arm, top freshman in FCS at Incarnate Word. When their coach left to become the OC at Washington State, there were some that thought that would end up being a slam dunk. But you know where he visited this weekend in his official? Ole Miss. He's got offers from Indiana, Houston, and with Seth Luttrell at North Texas. He plans to talk with West Virginia and, of course, Washington State. Charlie Brewer, by the way, in his 18th different college as he is on his way to Liberty. A little bit of breaking news for you, by the way. Uh-oh. Alton Tarber has committed to Oklahoma. That is the Deerfield Beach, Florida defensive lineman. Commit to Georgia Tech. Commit to Georgia Tech. Now a signee. Uh, an eventual signee at the University of Oklahoma. We'll tell you more about him next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.